count of three, name your favorite dinosaur. Don't even think about it. Just name it. Ready? One, two, three. Velociraptor. What? Did we just become best friends? Yup. It's time for another episode of the Wooth and Y Show. After week two, week two is completed. Week three, coming right at us. That's how we're a quarter of give the us way a, no, through the first wait. quarter. <laughs> <laughs> is that true? It is. Or is oh, we're halfway through the first 16 quarter. games. Yeah. Something. Oh wait, did I say quarter of the way? Sorry. Wow. So that's one game. I made. I somehow made the uh, NFL. God, we're good at these intros. We are so yeah. We're on fire. We're like a lot of uh, NFL offenses at the moment, mm-hmm. which we'll get to a little bit mm-hmm. later on. Uh, killer week in week two from our uh, punt return podcast. If you haven't checked that out, seven from eight. Yeah, picks across the board. Thanks, yeah. Thanks, Cam, for ruining the uh, eight out of eight streak. Just throwing Cam Newton under the bus. I'm all in on Cam, but I've never been more unhappy with him in my life. Doesn't but look himself. Win me back. Win, win back my heart. And eliminated challenge. Another four, only four people eliminated. Fifteen last week. Um, two people just didn't pick. So tough to win when you don't it's pick tough a team. Tough to win when you don't uh, pick. One punt. I mean, if you, the if they win, well done. Magical. Uh, yeah, one one pick the Giants. One pick Dallas. You're gone. Had we had we go? Uh, we picked the Raiders this week. So uh, nailed it. A lot of people went Rams Raiders, and that's what we've done to start. Uh, so still alive. Man, it'd be great to win a jersey from ourselves if we stay alive and win this thing. Uh, we'll split it, right? Oh, bring back, uh, bring back split jerseys. <laughs> Speaking of split jersey, yeah, that happened. That happened. Kelsey's mum. Yeah, I know. Well, uh, let's get to that in our uh, round review. The Houston Texans travelled to Cincinnati to play the Bengals, starring Deshaun Watson, Geno Atkins, JJ Watt, and the uh, occasional references to the underplay. Yeah. <laughs> well done, Collinsworth. Just, you know, always on the under. Nice. You know when your partner takes you to see a really awful film and you just have to sit through two hours of garbage, but you get that absolute joy and relief when the credits finally roll? I do know that. That was this game when JJ Watt Goldberg <laughs> <laughs> uh, sorry, I, I watched that far too often. Yeah. Uh Goldberged Russell Bodine to start the credit sequence. Part of that joy was seeing the spear tackle, but the majority of the joy was that this debacle was over. It had some moments with Gina Atkins sending Deshaun Watson to purgatory with a monster hit only for Watson to do a complete 180 and re-emerge on Earth with the devastating touchdown run. Final score, Texans win 13-9. RWI score, 15%. Oh, brutal score. Not a good game. Uh, the Bears at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, starring Levante David, Gerald McCoy, Mike Evans, and OJ Howard. Four bucks. Comprehensive. 
So giraffes aren't widely known for their stamina, and that was evident in this one with Mike Glennon crashing and burning early and often. The swarming Buccaneers defense overwhelmed Mike Glennon and made him walk the plank four times while handing the ball over in the process. The Winston to Evans connection showed its weight in gold, and as they connected for nearly 100 yards and a touchdown, this was over at halftime as the Bucks jaquizzed all over them. The wind in the windy city swells past Soldier Field, softly saying the words, Trubisky. RWI score. 39%, Bucks win, 29-7. Buffalo Bills at Carolina Panthers, starring Thomas Davis, James Bradbury, Jerry Hughes, and Shaq Lawson. Zay it ain't so, Buffalo. Tyrod Taylor overthrows Zay Jones in the final moments of the game to give Panthers their second straight win. A Zay Jones catch would not only have given Buffalo a chance to win, but would have given this game some much-needed big plays. Defensive purists would will applaud this game for the constant A-gap blitzes and QB hits, but not even the majestic scrambling from Supercam and Tygod could make this game remotely interesting. Panthers win a, a very dull affair. 9-3. Rewatchability, 22%. 22%. Moving on, Vikings at Steelers, starring Martavis Bryant, Ryan Shazier, uh, Case Keenum, and Harrison Smith. It was the not-so-close encounters of the third kind at Heinz Field as the Steelers glided to an easy victory over a Case Keenum-led Vikings outfit. Known alien life force Martavis Bryant returned to Earth in a dominant display of athleticism, easily beating 37-year-old human Terrence Newman in an intergalactic mismatch. It's a strange old world we live in when you're begging Sam Bradford to take the field, but here we are in the year 2017. For clarification on Sam Bradford's injury, just look at Mike. Zimmer's definition of the word fine. It's clear as mud. He'll be fine, right? Score 26 to 9. Rewatchability score 34%. Arizona travel to Indianapolis, Indianapolis to play the Colts. Starring JJ Nelson, Chandler Jones, Jacoby Brissett, and Malik Hooker. An overtime interception by the Honey Badger saved what was the ugliest performance of the Carson the Cardinal era. This was a coming-of-age game for Jacoby Brissett. He showed he belongs in the NFL as one of the better backups in the league, and this was a realisation of age game for Carson Palmer. The Chris Ballard era is off to a rocky start, but many of his draft picks performed well in their starting debuts. Ballard had many Colts fans screaming, I love Hooker, as Malik does what he does best, roams the field and pounces on the ball. Cardinals still win. In overtime, 16-13, rewatchability, 33%. Presence of overtime, giving that a big boost. Patriots at Saints, starring Tom Brady, Rob Gronkowski, Dietrich Wise, and Marshawn Lattimore. The Saints' return to the Superdome was everything but, as their dreadful defense made terrible Tom, terrific Tom, once again. Tom Brady had his best first quarter of his career as he found the cyborg playing tight end for a deep touchdown pass to bring up a really special milestone. Fitting that Rob Gronkowski... Would, Rob Gronkowski would injure his groin while scoring his 69th touchdown pass. Nice. Kenny Vaccaro was benched, more like Kenny Vaccaro. With more injuries to his receiving core, Brady will again be asking for more Burkhead going forward. Patriots win 36-20. Rewatchability score, 47%. Cleveland Browns at the Baltimore Ravens. Starring Ben Watson, Brandon Carr, Marlon Humphrey, and Duke Johnson. Duke Nukem Johnson's amazing one-handed catch wasn't enough to rally the Browns back from early migraines against Baltimore. 
In the Ravens' nests, a migraine was the least of Deshaun Kaiser's worries as he took a few steps back with some bad decision-making synonymous with Brown's QB play over the years. The Ravens look west to get the ball moving on offense, but the buck didn't stop there with Javorius Allen chipping in. The loss of Marshall Yonder is the opposite of nada for the 2-0 Ravens. 2-0 Ravens. Final score, Ravens win 24-10. Rewatchability, 29%. Philadelphia Eagles at the Kansas City Chiefs, starring Travis Kelsey, Jason Kelsey, Chris Jones, and Alshon Jeffrey. The Kelsey household had an interesting take on the good old split jersey fad, but those jerseys still need to be loaded up into a cannon and shot into the sun. Speaking of cannons, Travis Kelsey literally was shot out of one for about seven yards leaping into the end zone. Speaking of the sun, Carson Wentz had a frantic day playing both the hero and the villain as two passes hit defenders' shoulders for two very different results. One taken down the field for a monster gain, the other picked off for a crucial loss. Kareem still leads the hunt for the coveted Defensive Rookie of the Year award, and Mr. Andy Miyagi Reed with the victory over his apprentice, Doug Young Grasshopper Pedersen. Chiefs win 27-20, rewitchability score 51%. I find it so appropriate that Reed was after that, that you can't read. Yeah, I can't read the word Reed. Thank you. Beautiful. Thank you for clarifying. Titans travel to Jacksonville to play the Jaguars, starring Derrick Henry, Delaney Walker, Jarrell Casey, Telvin Smith. The AFC South is where the entertainment goes to die. Until, of course, Derrick Henry steps onto the field. Henry took a club to this Jaguars defense, pounding them one by one as he marked his territory on Everbank Field. Henry has the insane ability of being a nimble but violent runner of the football, and that was on full display, gently running over two Jaguars for a 17-yard touchdown. DeMarco Murray should be DeMarco worried about his job security. Saxonville looked like haplessville against a formidable offensive line and opponent. Blake Bortles would better would be better suited belly flopping into pools of mayonnaise with the other Jaguars faithful in the parking lot. Score: Titans win 37-16. Rewatchability: 27. That actually happened. The, the mayonnaise jumping, unbelievable. New York Jets at the Oakland Raiders, starring Marshawn Lynch, Michael Crabtree, Derek Carr, and Jermaine Curse. Marshawn Lynch provided the full Marshawn Lynch experience for his first game in Oakland as a Raider. He and the Raiders running backs provided all the entertainment necessary as the New York Jets continue to stink up any joint they play football in. After scoring his first touchdown as a Raider, Lynch was later seen getting funky on the sidelines, dancing up a storm. The infectious beast mode vibe spread around the Coliseum as fans got freaking themselves. The Jets continue to scam for Sam, lose for Lamar, go all in for Allen, or doze for Rosen. But could Jermaine curse them with continued good play? 45 to 20 Oakland win. Rewatchability score 37%. Dallas Cowboys at Denver Broncos. Starring Trevor Simeon, CJ Anderson, Akeem Talib, and Adam Gutsis. It's hashtags galore in Denver with Gutsis got this, no fly zone, and Team Trev all taking off in week two. Trevia Simon, Simeon provided that lightning can strike twice and showed he's the real McCoy in 2017. The Broncos gave the Cowboys a taste of their own medicine, controlling the clock by pounding the rock and racking up points. Dak and Zeke had no answer to the orange wave on defense as Vance Joseph was once again down on the mile-high field, having the time of his life. (laughs) As Denver did Dallas. Oh, and an old dude in a cowboy hat managed to get a keep to lead 
in a headlock and surprisingly lived to tell the tale. Fun times when you're mile high. Broncos come away with a 42-17 to victory. Rewatchability, 50%. Miami Dolphins at the Los Angeles Chargers. Starring uh, Jay Cutler, Devante Parker, Philip Rivers, Young Ho Co. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Anthony Lynn, after 17 years coaching in the NFL, all he ever wanted to do was become an NFL head coach. Finally, getting that gig with the Chargers came at a huge cost. The stress and heartache of being on the wrong end of nail-biting losses week after week after week. The always entertaining gunslinger that is Phil Rivers, who gave Antonio Gates his record-breaking touchdown catch earlier in the game, drove the Chargers within field goal range only for their kicker Young Ho, sorry, Young Way Ho to miss yet again. Distracted by Jay Cutler lighting up another one, lighting yet another one up for the victory. You know, smoking. Uh, Young Ho Ko, <laughs> sorry, Young Way Ko. I keep struggling with this name. We'll get it right. Young Way Ko, more like Wrong Way Ko. He is gone. He's going to get cut. Philip Rivers, NFL Tombstone will read forever down a score with a minute remaining. It's okay though, Phil. He gets to journey home to a nice and peaceful household with his 27 kids. Final score, Dolphins, 19-17. Rewatchability score, 43%. Sam Fran at Seattle Seahawks. Starring Chris Carson, Bobby Wagner, DeForest Buckner, Carlos Hyde. You can add Seahawks starting slow on offense in September to the NFL trope calendar. For the second consecutive year, Tom Cable, the Tom Cable unit is off to a bumpy start. It took Eddie Lacy being scratched from the, a game to finally be labelled healthy. A bittersweet moment for the big guy. Chris Carson Cressley has taken the starting running back job in a stylish fashion. My gosh, that was a tongue twister. Carlos gave the Seattle run defense a complete hiding as he was the only 49er to generate some offensive output. Seahawks, 12. San Francisco, 9. Rewatchability, 24%. Washington Redskins at Los Angeles Rams, starring Fat Rob, Josh Norman, Gerald Everett, and Todd Gurley. This game had the feeling of which mediocre quarterback would throw the game away with a mind-numbingly stupid throw. And in the end, it was Jared Groff, Goff, who came crashing back to earth with his medi- after his meteoric rise last week. Johnny Hecker proved to be the most accurate quarterback in this game, com- completing... 100% of his throw. Aaron Donald returned to the football field after the Rams failed to pay him more money while giving Johnny Hecker $10 million a throw, but didn't improve their run defenses. Fat Rob and co. ran up the gut on the hapless Rams. Uh, final score, 27-20. Rewatchability score, 45%. The Packers at the Falcons, starring Alex Mack, Desmond Trufant, Julio Jones, and Lane Taylor. This here is a story about a wide receiver named Julio Jones, who happens to own one of the most historic and lucrative franchises. Jones continued his dominant run against the Packers, slicing and dicing them wide open early as the Falcons stormed to an early lead. Then visions of a torturous flashbacks of Super Bowl 51 set in as the Packers mounted a small comeback, but this time Desmond Trufant was the difference maker in their new stadium, recovering a rare Rogers fumble and taking it to the new house. The real winners, though, were the fans paying $2 for hot dogs. Thank you, Arthur Blank, you magical vampire, you. <laughs> Score, 34-23 to the Falcons. Rewatchability, 46%. And the Detroit Lions at New York Giants, starring Quandre Diggs, Glover Quinn, Ezekiel Ansah, and Landon Collins. Eric Flowers continues to wilt in the extreme heat. 
of the big city lights of primetime football. The book of Eli has a new diary entry titled, What Do I Do Now That My Coach Hates Me? Milk cartons are now being printed with Brandon Marshall's face, as despite playing in this preseason, hasn't been seen again. President-elect Jim Bob Cooter's campaign continues to go from strength to strength, while only needing 15 completions from Matthew Stafford uh, to win a game, uh, and finding other places in New York to stay other than the coveted Goliday Inn. The Lions win 24-10, rewatchability score 36%. Talking tidbits. Holy crap. Week three and there's a trade. Pardon? Week three and there's a, a trade. trade. I know. By the way, second week round reviews. My reading skills have got to improve. Both of ours. So many tongue twisters. <laughs> trying to be too punerific and and use alliteration. Backfires. Oh, well. The sooner Young Way Co is out of the league, the better <laughs> that is on me. Unbelievable. Sorry unlucky, about that. Unlucky guy. guy. I know. Uh, unlucky for us having to have to say his name. Yeah, considering uh, his no- name is spelt Young Ho Koo. Yeah. That's Young Way. Young Way Co. Yeah, nice. Yeah, cool. Whatever. Oh, well. Maybe I should watch some more LPGA just to get, you know, some better names done. <laughs> All right, the Dolphins acquired linebacker Stephone Anthony from the Saints in exchange for a 2018 fifth round pick. Bit of a flyer for the the linebacker needy Dolphins, and it's a dump for the Saints. Complete bust for them. Pick 31 in the 2015 draft. So they got rid of him already. Struggled as a rookie, benched as a sophomore. It's got an ankle sprain, but, you know, someone that the Dolphins can slot in at linebacker and hope for the best. Yeah. Um, I, it, this is this is exactly what it is, though. It's one of those trades where it's just like, all right, Saints yeah. are like, eh. Dolphins are like, we need something. And the, the Saints are like, we need to get this guy out of here. Give us, like, fifth-round pick. Okay, done. Yeah, but this is generally... A, I, I understand that it's... You know, it's a result of things that have happened. But at the same time, this is the kind of trade that you expect to happen before the season, right before the season, and then see what they've got, and then they can cut him if they don't. You know, I mean, a fifth round is still, you know, I some of the, like Philly's best players have come from the fifth round, so mm. like I've got no problem with that. Yeah, and look, it's worked before for Miami. You know, Kiko Alonso. It's panned out okay for yeah, them. So, Byron Maxwell. Um, at least they're not... <laughs> <laughs> uh, did nah, you Kiko read... Alonso is, is looking not too bad. Did you read that they were interested in Richard Sherman as well? They were, they were trying to trade... That's such a Dolphins thing to do. They they always seem to, to try and land after these we, big names. After we gave him so much credit about doing nothing. Yeah, like signing just... Kenny, re-signing Kenny Stills and keeping talent in-house. But obviously this Raekwon McMillan injury really hurt them. He was, he was slated to start for them and, and he's... A, a hundred times better than Stefan Anthony, so it's a dire situation for both teams. But look, it gives the gives the Saints an extra pick next year to try and you know rebuild that defense that they seem to want to rebuild every year. But it gets them nowhere. Start drafting the right players. Uh, the Jaguars signed quarterback Ryan Nassip. Thank God, finally, 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 Nassip lands somewhere. We were waiting and waiting and waiting. But honestly, though, like, what is this? I don't know it's weird, right? Like. You want to talk about Kaepernick being blackballed, blackballed, hot, hot, like hand out Ryan Nassip as a as a name there. Don't you? Uh, don't you? Like whenever I, whenever I see a uh, um, an alert on my mobile phone, especially from you know Shefty or Rappaport, and then it's like Jaguar sign quarterback, and I'm like, here we, yeah, Cap- something. Come on, Ryan Nassip, and you just think, mm. yeah, 
Look, it was Get fun. Get Manziel. Stop yeah. it. <laughs> like, it was fun. Like, during the camp, like, people, you know, we, we're, we're victims of it. We're guilty of it as well. When they sign a camp quarterback, you're like, oh, my God, I can't believe this guy's getting a job over Colin Kaepernick. But, you know, a camp arm's totally different. Like, this is in the season now. Like, this is because Blake Bortles is just terrible and fading away, and they don't have much faith in Henny. But, like, this is clearly like they they want to have an idea of what they want to do with Ryan Nassett. Like, they can't just be signing him for nothing. Like, there's no camp arm um, here. This is a potential to start eventually if, if you know, worst-case scenario. But I can't still can't believe Colin Kaepernick is just sitting out there. Yeah, no one sees Nassib as, oh, this guy's got, like, a high floor as a bad backup. Like, he's not a good backup. He's, it's bizarre. It's not even like, you know that, we saw games from like Barkley last year that, you know, you were still like, you okay. know, maybe there's something. Yeah. Like, Nassib, nothing. There's nothing. 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 I feel nothing right now. I mean, now. the Giants signed Davis Webb and dropped Nassib. Like, yeah. That's, you're out. And there's just these, like, you know Kaepernick can just go bleeping off. Just like he can destroy a team on his day. Yeah. Uh, it drives me crazy. Ryan Nassib on his day at best can destroy your own team. That's that's the difference. Frustrating. Uh, all right. Ravens left guard Marshall Yander is out for the season with a fractured ankle. Um, this is huge. Uh, th- you know, we talk about the Chargers having bad injury luck. This this Ravens last, what, two months has been unreal. The amount of players and talent that they've lost. And now they've lost probably the best guard in football in Marshall Yander. It's hard. Um, for them to win games without him, but you know that they, they've been running the ball so well with with help from Yonder. Terrence West has looked good. I know you're a big fan of Terrence West this year, and and Buck Allen looked good. And they're always going to just grind out these low scoring victories. So you know, obviously their defense is going to have to lift a little bit more, but it doesn't hurt them too much because they're not asking Joe Flacco to drop back fifty times a game like they have in previous years. Their defense is going to. Grind out wins. They're happy to win games nine three or twenty to seventeen or or whatever it is. Is the case? Yeah, it's now then it gets difficult if you're a Ravens fan because you're looking at this team that you've got, and yes, it's going to be competitive. Yes, it's kind it kind of fits the Baltimore um, identity of being a grinding team, and yes, it's all great. And Yanda, you know, fits that mold that he is that kind of Mister Reliable who's ready to just ground and pound if need be and things like that. But are you, if you're a Ravens fan, are you really excited that you know there's probably their, their defense will carry them some games? They're gonna, they, we've already seen it to begin the year. This no, defense, number one DVOA defense. Yeah, right this now. defense will win the Ravens games, and the offense will stutter, but they'll grind it out and win. You know these games by field goals if need be. They've got Tucker. That's Tucker's there. Yeah, it sounds crazy, but he can win you a game. Yeah, he can so win you a if couple it's the de- defense and Tucker, that's all they really need. But then, do you? want to potentially make it close to the playoffs or into the playoffs knowing that you just don't have enough to go and win the Super Bowl or anything like that. That's these teams. Mm. I know we talk about it in the NBA that why are these teams even trying to put up a fight against the, the Warriors? Why not like try to accumulate assets until that whole reign's over? Yeah. But the, it's kind of the same thing goes here. Like if your team isn't at that point, why are you trying so hard? Like I get it for fans and, you know, obviously fans want to see the team win and things like that. This defense is young, but this team in particular just seems they're, they're always just bringing in a couple of veteran players that seem to be like holdover players while they're filling a spot or something like that. Yep. But it seems to be that reoccurring thing every single year. Yep. When it comes to injuries though, Baltimore have had horrendous luck, just like the Chargers. But this is something when like, 
I I'm a pretty to be honest, I'm a pretty big believer in the whole sports science thing. And like I know that Chip Kelly was laughed out of the league, but he brought in some great stuff and Philly's injuries have been, you know, really good since he came into the building. And he brought he brought the 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 you know, the sciencey people kind of in. Yep. And Roseman's done a absolutely terrific job of kicking every single, you know, piece of evidence of Chip Kelly ever existed out of the Philadelphia organization, but the science part of it. Yep. And that is still there and the injuries Yes, obviously we still get them. They're human, but Not Philly, as many. yeah, Philly is like much improved. So is this a thing that you know teams need to be looking at this a bit more? And I mean, I don't know who the Chargers have run in their team, but it's the same over there. It's an uncanny amount. Of, I'm just looking at the Ravens' IR at the moment, and just like on offensive line, it's it's huge. Marshall Yanda, Alex Lewis, Nico Siragusa, who is their rookie you know, third-round pick that they were wanting to play. And then on defense, like Tavon Young, Brandon Boykin, uh, it's just so many. Sheldon Price, uh, Albert McClellan. There's just so many players that they're missing out. But the good thing about the NFL is, a bit different to the Warriors and the NBA, is the seven-game sample size. On any given day, this this Ravens defense, and we've seen it many a time, can trouble a team. And they can get on a roll, and, and maybe they can you know, win a couple of playoff games. Obviously, we don't know how good the Ravens are yet. They've only played the Bengals and the Browns. But, you know, they got a real test after this week against the Jags. They play the Raiders and the Steelers. We'll find out how good they are. The the one sort of silver lining is they've got this rookie, Jermaine Elamor-Nor. I can't pronounce his surname no, right. That's, that's, I think that's perfect. From a Texas A&M guard, who a lot of draft pundits t- have talked up that he was a bit of a sleeper and and could be a, a you know low end starter for a team, and now he's going to have to start at right guard for them. Um, they also have Luke Bowenko as their backup center that can play guard as well. Brilliant. So, and and Tony Bergstrom, you know these are guys that aren't the best, but they're not the worst. Like they're still better at better than you know half a dozen Eric Flowers and Bobby Hart of the world. So you know it's not the end of the world, but it is a low blow uh, for a team that's lacking firepower on offense. Mm-hmm. I think the question should be asked, is Trevor Simeon elite? (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, The AFC West, uh, is it now the best division in football? I think it might have already been, but I feel like it's established itself even further. I feel like the NFC South was sneaking up a little bit, but with the Saints' stinky play. I feel like all four teams, even though the Chargers are 0-2, um, given the Broncos' surprising emergence on offense, led by the newly crowned elite quarterback Trevor Simeon, I think the AFC West has now extended itself um, leaps and bounds ahead of anyone else as the best division in football. I know he is like somewhat mobile. He's not exactly mobile, but I, if he was a mobile quarterback, the Simeon Mobile Disco would be the greatest nickname, nickname in the world. It would be so good. God, do some more yoga. Make yourself more nimble. <laughs> Come on. Um, yeah. All right. We'll we'll start with the Broncos. Um, a pleasant surprise. Yeah. As well. And I'll I'll be the first to admit I was very very. Uh, well, not actually. I wasn't. I I, I had them at we that I had them at eight and eight. We had them around. And, I mean, that's still we could still, still doable. Yeah. Right, you can do it, Broncos. <laughs> yeah, you can you can botch this. Box. Yeah, you can really get to that. No, eight they've eight. had both their games have been at home yet, so we haven't seen them away from home yet. Yeah. Um. Saying that, uh, they go into the Bills. So what better way to kind of start off your road travels? Yep. Uh, yeah. I, they do look good. They do look good. I think it was good for Simeon. Um. I mean, 
there wasn't that much spoken about Simeon v. Um, Lynch in the off season. Like it was mentioned, and there was some controversy, but oh, it wasn't. It no. wasn't as. I feel like it could have been so much louder. I feel like all the noise was coming from the Broncos beat writers who really wanted Lynch to emerge because they knew he was a first-round pick and they knew Simeon had a limited ceiling. But I feel like that's where all the noise was coming from. And it obviously was just noise because it's clear Simeon is leaps and bounds better than Paxton Lynch. And I feel like the Mike McCoy factor here is being overlooked as well because he was a great coordinator when he was a coordinator. He just and Anthony Lynn's done the same, just botched some fourth quarter stuff while wearing a Chargers lightning bolt on your shirt. Maybe it's the Chargers lightning bolt that's cursed, not Mike McCoy, but Simeon now, and I feel like the health of CJ Anderson's overlooked too, because I think he gives them that play action and the bootlegging and all that sort of stuff, and it all helps Simeon so much. Yeah. Jamal Charles doesn't look old either. No. It's a great one-two punch. Like a really... I mean, if you were like comparing, or you got Freeman and and Tevin Coleman in the NFC, CJ Anderson and and Jamal Charles is a hell of a combo in the AFC. Yeah, um, and I really I really like complementary backfields that you don't know that just because Charles is on the field they're going to pass it, mm. and Anderson's on the field they're going to run it. I love it when they're both they're, they're nearly mysterious. Yes, they yes, very mysterious. Mm. They do Have they look different. They're mystery. they're completely different looking. And they've got completely different physiques, but yeah. they pretty much can do the same role, which yeah. is it's great for them. It's great for Anderson to learn off Charles as well. But Simeon didn't really put a foot wrong in that entire game, and I re- I, no. I was really 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 surprised. Mistake with it. free football when you have this Denver defense playing the way it is 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 the recipe for success. Yep, um, and it's not ultra conservative dumps o- dump offs. And things like that. He's still throwing the ball quite deep and finding holes deep. You know, finding Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders and and Benny Fowler to and and Virgil Green too. Even he's just he's just picking the right windows, going through his reads correctly, and just avoiding trouble. And it's it's really good to see. And the other pleasant surprise is the Broncos' run defense because it was terrible last season. If the Cowboys played the Broncos last season, Zeke would have gone from gone for 100 yards, not 9 yards. And a part of that is the development of, of someone like Adam Gotsis. And we're going to put down our you know green and gold Australian glasses right now and talk up Adam Gotsis a lot. But it's not just Gotsis, obviously. It's Shelby Harris and, and other players stepping in, Derek Wolfe, and, and other players filling this void. But um, a lot of it is just this mentality of stopping the run and now forcing teams to throw. And that's really what suffocated... Dallas is throwing against the key to Lee, Bradley Roby. Like it, it's just a recipe for winning football games. And it's, it's been an absolute, it, the Broncos should be commended because every time you think they're down and out as a franchise, they still stick around. Yeah. And I like the way they've gone about it. They, they did it in not so, I, it may personally have just been me blocking them out. Cause I didn't, I, I really hate contraback. Contraback. Wow, I just moved. <laughs> I, I just hate really. Yeah, I hate contraband. No. I don't know. Don't <laughs> Me hate <too>. that. <laughs> no, uh, quarterback controversies. I hate, yeah. I hate that. I just, I kind of just tune it out and, you know, like, do you just tell me who your starting quarterback is? Yep. So maybe it was just because I didn't want to, like, I blocked out that entire team because I knew there was one originally. But they've really flown under the radar. They've just, they haven't done that anything too extreme and, I think they picked the boring player 
Simeon. A little bit disrespectful. But, I mean, obviously, if they went with Paxton Lynch, that would have been the flashier name. Hey, look, yep. we've got the, the, first, the first round pick and everything like that. But they, they've really done it the right way. And, yeah, I, I commend them on it. Plus, it's always the saying is when you have two quarterbacks, you don't have a quarterback. And that's hard. it's hard to win games and pick teams to win divisions and win leagues when they don't really have, a, you know, a franchise quarterback. But I feel like Trevor Simeon is slowly bridging that gap and proving that he could be a, a franchise quarterback. And a lot of early round offensive picks by John Elway have whiffed a lot. But, you know, if Trevor Simeon ends up being a viable option for them long term, he should be commended because that's a seventh round Dak Prescott-like pick. Obviously not the same quality as Dak, but still a Northwestern quarterback in, in round seven is now a starting quarterback and could potentially win you a playoff game or, or you know, take you to the playoffs. Yeah. It's pretty well done. All right. Without not trying to jump the gun, but say yep. say Broncos go ten and something or nine, yep, and they and they make the playoffs, right? Yep. I mean, I think the the Chiefs and Raiders will be, you know, could have three teams from this division. I think in the playoffs. possibly, but or say the say, say the Broncos anyway. make the playoffs. Do you trade Lynch while there's something there? Yeah, I think you could, but whether there's a team willing to spend because he hasn't shown much development at all. Maybe you need another season of development and then possibly next off season and, and preseason, if he plays really well, that's when you, you can trade him. It also depends on how comfortable they are with Brock Osweiler there as well, because if Simeon goes down, you've got Brock Osweiler playing quarterback for you and that's never a good idea. Yeah. This is when you, this is when, you know, if you're part of a, the front office, you leak stuff and go, Oh, it's lucky Simeon's playing well because Lynch is lighting it up at practice and things like that. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's talk about the Chiefs. Chiefs are also 2-0. Yep. Um, Just I mean, going about their business. Obviously, first game was a huge mm-hmm. exclamation point, but a little bit more conservative quarterbacking from Alex Smith in week two. Yeah. I mean, all right, so they came up against a better defense, and uh, Alex Smith didn't do too much wrong, as he always seems to just, you know... Yeah. Conservative, Mr. Smith. Yep. But uh, Hunt is still... Oh, so good. Still lighting it up. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I think that is the takeaway. I, I think that you can also look at um, Kelsey's back. Both Kelsey's... No. Yeah. The, uh, Travis Travis Kelsey is... Looking good. Looking good. He is, uh, he is looking like a mini Gronk. And Marcus Peters is still shutting down opponents, number one wide receivers, and proving to be, you know a weapon for them in the back end. Yeah. Um, but Tyreek Hill also is a completely, a thousand percent, this is a horrible sentence, I don't care, better fit than what Macklin ever was in this yeah, offense. And he's more than a gadget player. I'm sick of that because he is blazing speed and he's used on like end arounds and things like that. People were comparing him to Cordero Patterson. He offers so much more than that. That's that's a ridiculous claim. But Speaking of Cordero Patterson. Yeah, the Raiders. Using sneaky, him the right sneaky, sneaky, sneaky. Uh, Usage of him C-pats. for the right, yeah. Um, they came out and said, you know, he's our secret weapon. Yeah, and although the Jets hung in there for a while, it felt like the Raiders were very comfortable. They're they're a well oiled machine. I still have doubts about their secondary uh, a little bit, and when you're looking at the rest of these teams, probably not as complete as the other two. But I feel like you have to think of the two and O teams. They have the best quarterback in the division. And that always puts you in in very good stead. Uh, to win the division. Yep. And then the poor old Chargers, uh, possibly the unluckiest 0-2 team uh, in the league, but you're going a little bit cold on them. 
Yeah, it wasn't so much. They're not. They're not showing me enough that they're going to be real competitors. Like they, yeah. they seem to get themselves in a pos- into a position where you think, "Hey, look, the Chargers are actually making this game close and competitive," but they don't know how to win. They just seem stuck, and I don't know what needs to happen to this team. Something just needs to be blown up. Is it Philip Rivers? That seems to be the thirty-one of thirty-nine. Like, I, no, 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 no. All he can. No, I'm not saying yeah. it's him, but there's. When you look at all the pieces that have been changing, you've got, you know, you've got coaches, you've got defense, you've got both cities. lines, you've got cities, you've got... <laughs> Stadiums. See, like, there has to be something because Gurley looks like, a, you know, Gurley looks reborn. He's, you know, much more decisive. You said that Philip Rivers still completed 31 or 39, like, yeah. killing it. Yeah. I mean, I know they have this Korean kicker who... uh Young way. Young way. He's got a long way more, to go. More like wrong way. Oh, Get out of there. Uh, yeah. So I understand having having a kick blocked is completely different to missing a kick. Yep. Kick block, not your fault. But the regret... Yeah, true. But the like the, the one score losses, like you expect regression back to the mean from all the bad luck they've had, but it's just gotten worse, the bad luck. Yeah. It's crazy. Uh, I think... I'm not going to count them out yet, but um, if, if they fall to 0-3 or, and they played the Chiefs this week, and that's very a real possibility, it could be all over again for them, un- unfortunately. But all hail the AFC West, best division in football right now. All right, moving on After to... After two weeks, yes. Yep. <laughs> moving on to our uh, second point in three-point stance, uh, scoring down across the league. Um, so we had 10 teams... Sorry, eight teams score less than 10 points this week. By the way, Six. I swear those games are all the ones that I mentioned in the in the uh, round review. Round review, just by pure chance, you got all the <laughs> low-scoring, just dirt, disgusting that would, games. That was terrific to watch. Yeah, great. Buffalo-Carolina uh, was just an amazing game to watch. Um, I'm just doing the, the blinking guy gift right now. You know, that that white guy that... Pl- anyway. Um, but, you know, so eight... T- eight Team scored less than ten points this week. Six last week. Like, what's what's the reason here? What do you think is the major reason for this low scoring game? You know, the low scoring NFL, like scoring down across the league. Um, uh, Kevin Clark wrote something on the Ringer today about um, touchdowns are down from two point eight per game to two point one so far. Field goals are up a tiny little bit, but you know. I feel like offensive lines are probably the the main reason to blame. There's a lot of bad offensive lines in the NFL. And then I always feel like team defenses are always a little bit ahead of offenses to start the season and eventually it'll catch up and, and probably, you know, counteract that and even out in the end. But if it does remain down for the season, is there something bigger overall that we can look at in the NFL in terms of trends? Well, I need to... It's actually, a good article. Piece, I, ha- I, I haven't looked into any numbers or whatever. This is just a talking point that we brought yep. up that we thought would be good to talk about. Yep. But when, when something's good and something's working in the NFL or in any sport, everyone seems to follow. They they will adopt it into their own game plan if they... If, you know, I mean, when the Wildcat happened, then it was adopted in other teams. And just things like, yep. you know, it's just adopted and then eventually other teams figure it out and they, they, they understand how to stop certain things. So, in recent times, you've seen a huge trend of uh, screen passes, and you've also seen short yardage, and I mean, we just saw how successful week one was with Alex Smith and Sam Bradford, how that is their typical style. They're game managers who, you know, short short yardage um, throws and things like that. We're all about that yak 
Yeah, I feel like short passing and conservative play calling overall is definitely a trend. Yeah. So and then so then they they like who's who's winning the Super Bowl? Patriots, right? And and, and, I, and I don't think they're intentionally doing that. I think that's just because Brady's older and they know that's the best way for him to win games. But teams are trying to copy that, but they don't have Tom Brady. No, but like I, they but they have better weapons. Like not the way the system is. They're they're. Patriots are well drilled. They've been doing it for years, so that's a bit different. So when these teams are trying to jump on board and try this, they're 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 trying to not copy, but they're trying to ad- incorporate incorporate that into their offense. Yeah. And I think that has been seen. I think a little bit in Carolina, they've like they've got this new uh, weapon in McCaffrey, and they like, hey, look, we're gonna we can use him and things yep. like that. The teams have been slowly, obviously, they've been watching these offenses try to do this, and they've slowly been catching on and trying to figure out ways. And we've seen how fast these hybrid safety linebackers, defensive ends, and everything, they're getting so fast and so quick. The fact that, I mean, I know it was only a couple of seasons ago, J.J. Watt's catching touchdowns, that just shows you how fast these defensive linemen are as well. I mean, I know J.J. Watt's a freak, but... There's some speed with these big guys yeah. as well, so it's not it's not how it all used to be. No, I I just feel like coaches are being more conservative. I think they're worried about completion percentages and and trying to get mismatches sort of closer to the line and take less risk. And I think it's resulted in just more conservative play calling. I feel like at the end of the year, if these numbers keep up, it'd be a great like investigation into statistics and whether you know higher completion percentages resulted in in lower scoring games and things like that. Because part of the reason why I appreciated Matt Ryan's MVP season so much last year was his completion percentages and his accuracy and efficiency was still unbelievably high, even though he was throwing huge amounts down the field. His yards per attempt were massive. And part of the reason why Ben Roethlisberger and Andrew Luck when he's healthy and play and quarterbacks like that and Aaron Rodgers, it's because they throw deep and take, take risks. Part of the reason we love Jay Cutler you might get an interception every now and then, but you're going to get these amazingly like deep threaded needle passes that make football fun and result in touchdowns and more scoring. I think the reason I like Jay Cutler is that he throws it down the field and if it's an interception, he just blames the wide receiver that he should have caught it. Yeah. Or he just and turns and goes, well, what do you want me to do? And just turns and says, give me a pack of Winnie Reds and just get out of here. Yeah, or um, camels for our US list. Yes. <laughs> All right, uh, a last point of the three-point stance before we move on. Um, is how concerned should Dallas Cowboys fans be after that embarrassing loss at Mile High Stadium? There's a lot going on in Denver with some with some suspensions. Dallas, these what did I say? Denver. Sorry, so a lot going on in Dallas. The uh, a lot of suspensions and players coming back um, from various suspensions. The Ezekiel Elliott case um, continues with the NFL trying to now go one step further and, and try and get Ezekiel Elliott banned again, um, and then. You know, their formula to winning games got sort of turned on its head in Denver in terms of they actually got runned on. They actually got ground and pounded. Um, and they couldn't run the ball effectively. And, and Dak Prescott, for I can't remember the last time, he had to drop back like 50 times and try and carry a team. He finally experienced what it's like to have to really carry a team to, to victory. You know, he's done it before, but this is a different beast. Yeah, a couple of things. Uh, I mean, after the Patriots got humbled in week one and... And Dallas won, and all the Dallas fans gave loved giving these Patriots fans absolute hell. Um, seeing the Patriots fans give it completely back on social media, saying that Tom Brady ran for nine yards and Zeke ran for eight, that was a 
ouch. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean... How many times will that ever happen? I know. Again? But, uh, you know, soak it up while it lasts. Uh, there was there was a few things. There was a few things. I, I'm not taking anything away from the, uh, the Denver... Um, defense or of offensive performance. They shut, so, they shut down Melbourne Gordon great. the week before. They're, well. they're, yeah. they're they're very they're a very Talked good unit it. at the moment. Um, Dak, Dak. I don't know. It, it's it seems to be it's not going to be all their way. I think it, all the all the uh, puzzle pieces aligned last season, and Dallas had a really good year. And Zeke, that obviously we all know about the legal proceedings and things like that. So that's obviously weighing on him. That must be hanging and looming over the organization as a whole. Yeah. They don't know if, you know, week two was his last game, like, yeah. until his suspension. They don't know if it's going to be next season. they got no idea. Zeke's having his entire history pretty much just laid out in the... Dragged out in yeah. the courts. So that's that's horrible. And, like, so that's obviously weighing on him. I'm not going to go into the whole, you know, how much hustle he should have been showing in plays. Just leave that out of it. That's not us. Um... Or, did, his, or his conditioning as well. Some people have said that uh, he looks I a little bit chubby. Don't care about conditioning. He look, he's a solid bloke. He just he just he's always been thick. Yeah, he, he's he real trunky. Yeah, uh, he's got a great trunk. All about that trunk. Leave it there. Anyway, yeah. I think yeah, it's not all going to go their way. So there are going to be these games where Dak it might struggle. Yeah. So. I mean, the defense led in 42 points to Trevor Simeon. That's, well, not all of it, but there was a pick six from Akeem Tlaib. But when you're down three-plus scores, you're going to be throwing interceptions because you're trying to rally your team back from an impossible lead. Yeah. Cowboys fans, I think your expectations are a little too high. I I think they'll be fine. I honestly think oh, they'll I th- recover. I think the Cowboys yeah. will be fine. But I mean, I feel like... if Zeke goes out next week, I don't know how they're going to... Yeah, it's... <laughs> I don't think he will. I think Zeke will play this this season. I'm not, as you said, we're not going to get into all of that. But there seems to be a lot of people ripping, like just overreacting way too much. But then on the other side, of the side of the coin, before this game started, people were hyping Dallas up way too much. They've still got a lot of rookies playing on the secondary. They've still got a lot of players missing in that front seven that are obvious concerns. The concern is how they constantly kept getting beat up the middle by you know second year player like Adam Gotsis and, and Shelby Harris. We're not talking about you know, Pro Bowl Jared McCoy starts it or Aaron Donald. These are these are. I mean, Gotts future, okay, future Pro Bowl or, or Pro. But you know, these are these aren't players that have made billions of you know, billions, millions of dollars in the NFL from doing Jeez. it year after year after year. Like you have to be a little bit concerned about the way your offensive line played. Obviously, they played very well against the Giants, but we know the Giants are struggling a little bit yeah. as well. But now that they've played a real opponent. The real test this week is against Arizona at at home. Uh, whether they sorry away from home, whether they can um, you know overcome this Cardinals, the Chandler Jones, and and hopefully uh, a banged up Chandler Jones. Yeah, but hopefully they can you know fight that off and and turn things around because I think the NFC East is more fun when you've got Dallas Cowboys running for the division against your your Eagles, and I think the Giants are out, but. You know the Eagles could run away with this division if if the Cowboys repeat their efforts from that game against Denver. Yeah, I agree. Um, but you take it one uh, one day at a time, and you keep swinging the axe and keep chopping wood, if you will, and eventually the tree will fall. Enemy is always in your own camp. It's a huge game uh, because it's Coach said it's the next game. Chopping wood one day at a time. One game at a time. It's the next one. 
You know, it's the most important one because it is the next one. It's a big one because it's the next one. It's a big game, but it's a big game because it's the next one. Nothing else matters uh, but the next game. Uh, you you got to keep chopping. Uh, can't get too high, can't get too low, man. Just keep chopping. You know, day after day after day and stick to the process and keep practicing and keep grinding. And eventually, you know, if you keep swinging the axe, you know, the tree's going to fall. Keep chopping wood. Anybody else, you take it one day at a time. He's a warrior. I'm not a doctor. You keep chopping, the tree will fall. The Pagano Proverb. All right. I think my favorite part in the entire drop is, I'm not a doctor. Yeah, that's, that's my favorite. <laughs> that's my absolute favorite. So the Pagano proverb, every week we're going to pick the best uh, quote from an NFL coach, um, just talking either absolute... Every week. Yeah, or maybe, <laughs> and if there's good ones. But there's always a good one, every, like nearly every week. Um, and we're going to play that for you. And this week it is Mike Zimmer for his definition of fine um, in relation to Sam Bradford's knee. Mike, when you say Sam's going to be okay, I mean, that's kind of vague. I mean, what, well, what, I'm, what I'm, you not, I'm not going to discuss it with you. He's going to be okay, okay? Sam will be the quarterback, and he's going to be okay. Next week? Maybe. Maybe the next week, maybe six weeks from now, he's going to be okay. It's a non-surgical issue. He'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, Josh. Yeah, all right. Non-surgical um, issue. So he'll, he'll be fine next week or six weeks. Apparently that's the uh, definition of fine yeah, he'll uh, be fine. in the NFL. So uh, Mike Zimmer, first Pagano proverb of the 2017 season. Ever. Ever. Super Bowl picks. We were going to Disneyland. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. Uh, every week we're going to update our uh, <laughs> Super Bowl picks. Uh, Josh, you want to start us off, or <laughs> no, no? Okay, <laughs> all right. Well, last week I went with the uh, game manager revenge bowl, Sam Bradford versus Alex Smith. Uh, yep. This week I'm going with uh, the overreaction. Uh, you know, hot teams, uh, Denver Broncos versus Detroit Lions uh, Super Bowl uh, is going to be my second selection. Uh, I do like Trevor it. Simeon versus Matt Stafford. The Are We Elite Bowl. Or are they elite ball? I was going to take Matt Stafford. Okay. You I can knew... still double down. We're, we're good. Um, I mean, that would be a thoroughly enjoying, uh, enjoyable. Oh, I, I like. I think I like the idea of um, a Derek Carver, Stafford, um, gunslinger. I'll, that would, I think that would just be terrific. All right. What, so Raiders, Raiders, Lions. Raiders, Lions. So we went, where did we go from? Jags. You went Jags, Rams last week. <laughs> Gorgeous. <laughs> great. All right, uh, let's uh, let's move on to three snap. All right, we're gonna have to speed through our uh, pre-snap picks as we wrap up the show. All right, we'll start with Thursday night football and the Rams travel to San Francisco to take on the 49ers. What should be another low-scoring Thursday night football clash? I don't know about this game. I I am gonna take the Rams, but. The 49ers winning would not surprise me at all. Yeah, them at home kind of just nerves me a little bit, but like you, yeah, I'm going to go the Rams. Goff looks good now. and A little bit. Like he was, took a little step back. You know, he's not going to play the Colts every week, but, you know. Yeah. Definitely last week was better than any game he played in his rookie season. I thought the uh, change of offense would be far more gradual, but it uh, seems to, he seems to, you know, uh, just absorbed this... Sean McVay. Sean McVay. I'm trying the, to think of his name. The toddler head coach. Oh, my God. <laughs> Remember, Andrew Whitworth is older him? than him. Do I don't hate him. him. He's just, yeah, I, hate I just him. don't want to ever hear him speak. He'll be a regular in the Pagano proverb, I can tell you that. 
Uh, all right, the Baltimore Ravens, Jacksonville Jaguars game in London. London, England. Uh, the Ravens are just too strong. We're doing this again. I swear we do it every year we and we compete. Every... Yeah, you win every single year, so That's don't right. worry. But if you don't do it, then I win, so one-way street. Uh, oh, the... you sound like you're from London, lad. <laughs> the Smashed Ravens, it. yeah, too strong. The Ravens' defense is far too far too strong for the Jacksonville Jaguars. I think Blake Bortles could be benched in this game uh, for throwing multiple picks early. Bortle I... burning in Britain. <laughs> Headline reads... All right, uh, you're also going with the Ravens, clearly. Clearly. All right, Falcons at Lions. Now, this is an exciting game for... God, I hope the Lions win, and they'll yeah. be all in. I will be all in on the bloody Detroit Lions. I'm not if they buying win. the Lions hype too much yet until they win against the Falcons, but in saying that, I'm taking the Falcons in this one. Should be plenty of points scored in this game. Yep. Credit to Terrell Austin for making the Detroit Lions defense more stingy than I thought it would be. Um not too many big names, but that he's done a great job with um, a lot of talent. The rookie, Jared Davis, looks, looks good too. No, I, I agree. I, I, I think that um, it's I, when it's teams that are just not spoken about as being poor, but not spoken about as being, you know, potential candidates as, you know, breaking out and being a great defense, I just think they, they go about being solid, not being spoken about. And I think, yeah, yep. I agree. He's done a good job. All right. Uh, split pick on the next game. Cleveland Browns take on the Indianapolis oh, Colts. I am taking the Colts here at home. They were a lot better at home than I thought they would be. Jacoby Brissett looks pretty good compared to Scott Tolzian. And credit to Chris Ballard. Uh, as we said in the round review, um, I was screaming, I love Hooker at the TV when uh, Malik Hooker took that interception. He and Quincy Wilson look like the future uh, for the Colts secondary. And I can see them you know, slipping away with a win, but... Um, Either way, I'll be happy for the Browns to get a win as well because I know how much it means to them and their team and their rebuild. But gonna, I'm going to be a homer and take the Colts. Yeah, I'm taking Cleveland. I just, I just there's not enough on this uh, this Colts defense that I think it's going to slow down the uh, ever so slowly increasing optimism that is <laughs> building in Cleveland. Yep. All right, uh, the Denver Broncos, who we talked about in the three-point stance as being a, a team that's had two home games and two strong games to start the year. Buffalo Bills have been um, a tough out despite giving the appearance that they are tanking. They are 0-2, so it's in full effect. If they are uh, trying to elude people that they are being competitive while tanking, they're doing a hell of a job um, in doing it. This is a sneaky, tough game for the Broncos uh, traveling you know, away from home, but I, I trust that the Broncos' defense will uh, keep... Uh, Ty- Tyrod Taylor and LaShawn McCoy contained again. They've, they limited Melvin Gordon. They limited limited Ezekiel Elliott. They can do it with LaShawn McCoy with, with no decent passing threats. Yeah, I agree. Look, look, just look what they did to Dallas. And this yep. Buffalo team has nothing close to what they have on either side of the ball. And the Bron- Simeon is not going to need to throw four touchdowns to win. So I think, yep, it's not. It's not. Nothing's ever a safe bet. But I, I really like this. I, yep. Okay. All right. Yep. Houston Texans God. at New England Patriots. Not not much needs to be said about that. One's one of the best teams in the NFL, if not the best team in the NFL, and the other team's one of the worst teams in the NFL. Uh, the Patriots will win that and win comprehensively. I do not need to say more. Uh, Miami Dolphins traveling to the Jets. Uh, the Jets were sneaky okay against the Raiders for for a half, and the Dolphins managed to win on the road um, across the country against uh, the Chargers. Uh, I, I can see Miami winning this game, but I could also see a scenario where the Jets play them a little bit tough and it could be a bit of a struggle for Miami. It is a weird one. Um, Jets have been 
surprising. I really thought, like, yes, they are tanking. <laughs> but I don't know. That, have they surprised you? They're surprised how competitive they've been? I'm surprised at how many points they've managed to score. Yeah. Back-to-back games. Considering that the 49ers over there with this, you know, with Kyle Shanahan-led offense mm. and yeah. players that he brought in, Jets have gotten rid of everyone, mm. and they're still it's amazing. Still scoring points. Credit to Josh McCown for keeping them somewhat competent, at least on offense, and they've even been doing it without using Bilal Powell that much Do you well. think he's better than uh, Hoyer? <sighs> That's a tough one. It's a coin flip. It really is. So do you think the 49ers would be improved or the same with, with uh, McCown? I think if you switch them, it, it probably wouldn't change much, but I don't know. It's, it's just Fine. We're arguing oranges and apples that are out of date at this point, these two. Uh, all right. Uh, New Orleans Saints at the That's Carolina Panthers. Saying, I know. Sorry. New Orleans Saints at the Carolina Panthers. We're both taking the Panthers. You say New Orleans. New Orleans? New Orleans? New Orleans, I say, anyway. Okay. I don't know what's correct. New Orleans. I don't New think Orleans it's wrong. New Orleans Saints, Carolina Panthers, both taking the Panthers. Um, number two DVOA defense in the NFL. Number two in pass. Number two in... Rush, dominant defense. The Saints showed some small concerns on offense, little mishaps and things last week, and, and their defense is arguably the worst in the NFL, 32nd ranked I think DVOA be, defense. I think this end. will be closer than... Oh, division games are always closer than they they appear to be. <laughs> I know. that's What you were just saying sounded like you were reading it off a rearview mirror. Yeah. <laughs> Divisional games may seem closer than they appear. <laughs> that would be a great sticker for a car. Um, anything else to add or to no. that? No, I just think um, I think it was actually a little bit disappointing about uh, sorry, just how um, low scoring the New Orleans Saints offense was last week. Yep. I thought they were going to put up far more points, or yeah, something. They just didn't Especially look like at home. Yeah, in in their dome and everything like that. I just thought they were going to be look more just more efficient. I know this whole Adrian Peterson thing is just it's tearing the team I apart. Knew, I knew it wouldn't work out. I didn't want to. I don't want to sit in my whole house here two weeks in. <laughs> but yeah, you just knew it wasn't going to work out. It was such a Saints move to hiring these big names. They never pan out. Uh, all right, New York Giants at the Philadelphia Eagles. Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham, rushing at Eric Flowers and Bobby Hart. I can see a long, long evening for Eli Manning. Constantly I like the being... name Bobby Hart. Yeah, sounds like the name of like a a like a heartthrob in a soap. I was about to say a teenage heartthrob. Yeah, nice. teenage heartthrob Bobby Hart. <laughs> um, oh my god, it's Bobby Hart. <laughs> <laughs> he's uh, he's yeah, just totally. been beaten again by Fletcher Cox. Um, Eli Manning is always going to be on his back a lot. I think with Cox and Graham just. Getting the better of Watch your words there, buddy. I'm trying to be facetious, and I'm doing a good job. Uh, But the Eagles, I think, the front seven is just going to be too dominant for this Giants offensive line that needs to do something to fix just their (laughs) problems. Like, it's just constant. Like, you know it's an obvious need, and, you know, look, Evan Ingram's going to be an absolute weapon for them, but Garrett, Garrett Bowles would go nicely right about now, right? Of course he would. Yeah. Of course he would. I The... Until I see something from the Giants, I can't pick them at the moment. Yep. And against against until yeah. we get one wrong. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's the biggest. Um, at the moment, that's the biggest. I, I I picked them last week to beat the Lions. I thought they were going to. Oh, by the way, you went twelve and four last week. I went fourteen and two. Oof. All right. So, Go listen to the punt return, people. Yeah. 
he went three from three. Um, yeah, so both picking the Eagles? Yeah, I'm going with the Eagles and I'm not picking the Giants again until I see some form of an offensive line. Yep, or offense. Mm. Pittsburgh Steelers at the Chicago Bears. This one's an easy one. One team's 2-0. and The other's 0-2. One of the teams has the best offenses in the NFL. The other team has one of the worst offenses in the NFL. The Steelers should uh, put up points um, and should comprehensively beat the Bears. Yeah. Yeah, Bears are a lot better at home than away, obviously, as we saw last week. But still, the Steelers, uh, similar conditions at Soldier Field to Hinesville. It shouldn't be an issue for Big Ben. This game is a tough one to pick, and it's another good game for this early slate in in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, fresh off a a really comprehensive Week 1 performance. And they play the Vikings, um, who also played really, really good in their first game of the season um, with Sam Bradford. Provided Sam Bradford plays, this game should be really, really close. I, I... I don't know who to pick in this. If Sam Bradford plays, uh, I could see it going both ways. But right now, with Bradford's knee under question, I'm taking the Bucks. I don't think he will play. No, you think he's out? I think he's out. Is he fine, though? He's, I mean, he'll be fine until week seven. <laughs> and then he'll be normal. Yeah, for another week or <laughs> yeah. maybe. Uh, yeah, even even if he just comes back, there's, there's all these question marks surrounding him. I'll... I'll take the Bucks until I see a performance from. The, I know I'm just putting all these yeah, caveats yeah. in, but I'm just, I'm going to take the Bucks until I see Bradford come back and you know look like he's week one stuff. Yeah, and the thing about even if Bradford does play, obviously, uh, you know they smacked smacked the uh, the Saints up in week one. The Bucks defense looked a little bit frisky. They were lacking a safety. T.J. Ward was available at, at the right time for them and. Jared McCoy played really well. Noah Spence played really well. They swarmed to Mike Glennon, and they can do the same to Sam Bradford. So um, the Bucks are the pick there. Seattle Seahawks at the Tennessee Titans. Are, yeah, this is a good game. This is a sneaky good game. Um, Seattle are somehow underdogs in this game on the road against the Titans, who at one point were only up 6-3 at halftime to the Jags. So it's an interesting game. Um, we both like Seattle in this one. If you check out the Punt Return podcast, Seattle were uh, my underdog pick in terms of a betting perspective this week. Um, well, now they don't need to check it. Or they do, because there's other bets where we went seven from eight last week. Check that out. Uh, Seattle, you're on Seattle as well. I am. I, I I liked how Seattle went to Green Bay week one. And I think... Wait, you, did you take Seattle week one? I did. You you took... You t- yeah, I took Green Bay only because they were at home and yep. Seattle were making their own hype. But... Seattle still deserve hype. They they didn't they didn't perform too badly in that in that in week one. I still saw that game as a pretty um pretty close game at the end. Going to Tennessee, Tennessee only being up six three, like you said, against the Jags at halftime. If Seattle get out to a hot start or, you know, keep it close, that's they're not the kind of team that Tennessee can just roll over in the second half. They're not they're not like that. They have a completely different mindset and um just identity. So I, I like Seattle. Yeah. Look, it wouldn't surprise me either way. The Titans were much better at home against Oakland than they were in a loss than they were last week in their win. So um, the form from that week one game rings true that the Raiders have gone on to win and, and so have Tennessee. But I don't know. Seattle, they can't be that bad on offense again, surely. Two weeks in a row now, they've been very slow. Surely they, it gets together at some point. Yeah. And Tennessee Titans defense hasn't looked as good as I thought it it could be. I mean, they've taken pieces from all around the league in the offseason and they just, mm. they haven't seemed to gel as quickly as I thought they might have. And I think 
Russell will still have enough time behind his shaky offensive line to make plays. Yep. All right. The Cincinnati Bengals travel to Lambeau Field to take on the Green Bay Packers. They ain't beating the Packers. No, the, the Bengals are an absolute mess right now. Similar issues to the Giants. Uh, really porous offensive line, really halting their offense and, and killing them and, and not giving their quarterback enough time and, and their receivers enough time to, to get set in their routes, get separation and get open, and it's costing them. And they can't beat. They can't beat this Packers. Even without Jordy Nelson, um, it's an easy one. Packers for, for both. Mate, if Seattle can't beat the Packers at Lambeau, since he's not going no. over there to beat them. Kansas City Chiefs at the Los Angeles Chargers, as we said. Uh, these division games are always close. So remember, first game last year, the Chargers are up big against the Chiefs before blowing that lead. So, you know, things, things are not out of the realm of possibility here. The Chiefs trending... Upwards and the Chargers trending downwards, but it could be turned on its head here in this game at the at the StubHub Center. Hopefully, some more Chargers fans show up to this one. Um, but we're both taking the Chiefs here. Yeah, it kills me. I know it. It does hurt. It's, I mean, I was I was. These are the two teams that I was high on in the division. So yep. I kind of want the Chargers to win just to even it out a little bit <laughs> and not but, get too high. And then if the Broncos and Raiders win, then it it affects your Chargers. Yeah, I know. Well. Yep. Uh yeah, the Chargers Stadium. What do you reckon? It looked cool. I just hope it they fill it out. I heard there's a hundred dollars for cu- for parking, which really affected people's travel. Hundred dollars. Yeah, which is not nice at all. Um, One hundred dollars. When I first saw it, I was like, "Wow, this is packed. It looks cool." And then I showed the other side of the stadium, and it was empty. And I was like, "Oh no!" Like, yeah, and there's been a lot of talk that it's still the same Charger-esque. Uh, still the same scenario of. Like 50, mm. 50, 60, 40 with uh, opposing fans. Yep. So, yeah, that's a problem. But hopefully, Come on. the Rams start sucking and everyone jumps on the Chargers yeah. <laughs> or something. For yeah. me, like, why wouldn't you want to go to that game? You're so close to the action. Like, you're, you're witnessing Philip Rivers. You get to see all his facial expressions up close, all of his overreactions. Yeah, if you look at Bay, spits and <laughs> Bay 12, you see all these kids. Yeah, there's. there's well, there's an there's entire 10,000 already. Yeah. Like, we only uh, need another 10. Come on. <laughs> I think, uh, I, yeah, until they change their logo. That's a great one. If they No, until they change their logo, they're cursed, didn't you say? Is it, it is. The curse I feel of the... like it is. I don't know. By the way, we didn't put that to a poll. I know. We need to redo that. We need that. to do that. Okay. Uh, all right. Uh, Oakland Raiders at Washington Redskins. <sighs> This game's a tough one. Sunday night football. Two different teams on Sunday night. Thank God the Giants aren't in prime time again. For God's sakes, they are just boring. God. But good thing is we've got another boring NFC East team in their place, the Washington Redskins, <laughs> with the most white quarterback of all time in Kirk Cousins. Uh, I'm taking Derek Carr and the Raiders to win this one. But again, this wouldn't surprise me. The Redskins... I've always found them a weird team to read this off season, and their results from the first two weeks have given me no indication to think anywhere else. I have no idea what kind of team this is. I Absolutely, still, not. I still can't get. You would not be surprised if they come out, win by twenty. Terrell Pry goes off, Crowder catches everything. Yep. Reed is a robot. I, On any given week, the Redskins can look like a four and twelve team or a fourteen to two team, and I the range of outcomes in between is just the way they are. Exactly, and. Who knows, this might be just the game that Kirk Cousins, you know, everyone goes, oh, see, that's the Kirk Cousins we know. That's the one that got the franchise tag. That's the that's the cool guy. That's But no. Don't think everyone anyone's ever called Kirk Cousins the cool guy, but we'll uh we'll hey, wait and see. didn't I what was what was it in the off season that I 
He was the sound effects. Yeah. That's right. He's talking about Creed and all sorts. <laughs> he's so white. He's so white. He's so white. I, I think he's cool. Like I'm albino. Like I'm going to Port Douglas in two weeks, and I'm going to blind residence when the sun reflects off the white skin. But Kirk Cousins even whiter than me. Yeah, you're blinding me from just yeah. the normal ceiling light. <laughs> ceiling. All right, last game: Dallas Cowboys at Arizona Cardinals. Uh, now this one. We're not buying the Cardinals hype. This is the <laughs> who can who can uh, do the 180 on the uh, the crash and burn right now between these two teams. Uh, you know. Cardinals did not look good, got the win last week. Dallas Cowboys looked bad, got the loss, but Dallas looked pretty good week one. Cardinals didn't, obviously, in week one. So two teams sort of underwhelming right now. Dallas with a lot on their mind. People saying Zeke quit, Zeke's out of shape. Can Dak carry a team? I feel like this is the game that they romp it in and change the narrative because some of those are a little harsh. Some questions needed to be asked, but I feel like Dallas uh, will win. I agree. I'm not buying into the whole, you know, Dallas identity crisis thing. I know we spoke about them earlier and, you know, are they, should we be concerned? But when it comes to a team like the Cardinals, I can't really see how they're going to be able to uh, put up the points that the Cowboys will hmm. and, to match them. And the one thing I we forgot to mention when we're talking about the Cowboys is obviously, yeah, they shut down Zeke and shut down the run. And obviously that halts their offense. But not every other team's going to have the personnel available to cover Jason Witten, Cole Beasley, and Des Bryant adequately like the Broncos' no-fly zone. So even if the Cardinals shut down Zeke this week, you know, Patrick Peterson might cover Des, but who else is covering these other two guys? Like, it, it's not going to happen every week where you get a secondary that can match that run defense and, and shut Des down. And, and I think Colin Cowherd called out Des, which I found just insanely dumb. Um, Des was up against... Chris Harris at a key to leave. It, it's hard to, to beat those guys when they're double teaming you Sorry, and, and taking you out. Didn't he just one on one completely just outplay to leave in the red zone for one of the touchdowns? Yeah. Like, burned him bad too. Bad. And to leave didn't even look back. He just walked straight off. I, I mean, that, that is a little dumb. Yep. Also, in, in regards to the loss to the, the Broncos, I know we've spent a lot of this pot on the yeah. Cowboys, That's but right. even <sighs> America's team, Josh. Yeah. That's true. Um, this was this was only week two. There are going to be injuries. That defense is not going to be the same defense they play if they have to play again in the playoffs or whatever. Yep. It's not going to be... It just won't be the same team. So yep. no team generally survives and keeps all their defensive pieces, no, especially... Intact. Yeah. And Colin Cowherd also came out and was like, I was right on Andy Dalton. I've always been low on Andy Dalton. But then uh, Roddy White called him out on Twitter and was like, you put Matt Ryan in the same bracket as Andy Dalton. So, I don't know. That was fun. All right. There are our week two selections. That's our uh, week... Uh, sorry, our week three selections. That's our week two yeah, round. He's really going down a limb, by the way, um, shooting down Dalton. Yeah. Because everyone seems so high on him all the time. Yeah, exactly. Just this guy. Yeah. <laughs> all right. That's our week three selections, our week two round review, and uh, our three-point stance. I hope you enjoyed the show, and uh, we'll be back next week. Please check out the Punt Return and DFS yeah, check, them, check them all out. Check them all, all the out. stuff. And uh, we'll be back next week. Thanks for listening to another installment of the Woot and Y Show. Check out previous episodes at WootenY.com and on iTunes. And follow each of the boys on Twitter at This Is Woot and at JYNFL. Or you can follow the podcast at Woot and Y. 